0: Higher, higher, baby Can you feel it, feel it, feel it? Can you feel Ooh, the same we shine are high that I did I'm so high We're gonna make you it feel it that way
1: so Roll more, let's smoke, yeah. I got to get high I've been high since the last oh, song la, 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 la. And i just been smoking and smoking Smoke another black, roll another up You know that we can really ease your mind Good If took
2: a break we
1: all just wasted afternoon, you're listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5fM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We're streaming live on TuneIn radio and newhavenindependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash newhavenindependent, or go to your Facebook page, look us up, and you can also hit see first to hear all the great programs we have here on WNHH. And Cannabis Corner is also streaming live on Greenhaven Media and Pro Cannabis Media. So, good afternoon. It is Monday, February the 20th, President's Day here. I'm your host, Joe Lachance. And I am joined by the illustrious Farmer Lou, or Farmer
0: Lou as he is now known. Uncle Lou, how are you today? How are you, my good brother? I'm doing well. You know what? Before we even start the show, I got to um, take part of this really cool group this week in New Haven on Tuesday Tuesday night last week, or Thursday night last week, I forget, but um, called Hang Time. And um, okay. it was done at the Continuum in New Haven, right there by the high school and everything. Great group of people, community advocates coming together, um, the whole nine, you know, safe little space where we could all talk. There were a couple representatives from law enforcement, from legal aid, from housing, from a whole thing. So it was really cool. Um, so big shout out to Hang Time. They operate in Waterbury, Bridgeport, and New Haven.
1: Ah, is that an organization people
0: can look up and maybe get involved with? It is an organization that they can look up, get involved with. There's uh, aspects to reentry, substance abuse, uh, mental health awareness, how, public housing situation. And it's one of those grassroots advocacy groups that, that does right in the community work in the health centers of these towns. So big shout out to them for welcoming me over there and inviting me to, to Waterbury, um, Bridgeport, and New Haven.
1: Great. So people can look that up and uh, probably find out how to get involved. That's awesome, Lou. It's funny yeah. how you run into little things like that you don't expect that end up to be really great resources for you. You know,
0: you know what it was? It was there was a great conversation about how people currently illegally because cannabis is legal now and it's also you know medically recommended. So a lot of times, getting these things from medical professionals or at least trusted caregivers, whichever model you're working with, a lot of times the the individuals who are having a hard time at it are picking it up from illicit places. And that's where you get the like roach sprayed weed and things like that, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, you're right. You're always better off getting it from a place that where you know where the source. came.
0: from. Right. So it's not saying, Hey, you got to go to a dispensary. Cause remember that's your choice. That's your own personal thing. But if you have a caregiver that grows it and then that way, you know that you're getting it right from the cultivator, you know? So once right. again, the craft market is completely still an option. And what's, the one thing i always say grow your own that's
1: what my, what my comment was going to be the easy solution is just grow your own you know and that's
0: you know it's not July. Serious.
1: everybody will be able another
0: that's right you can grow your own cannabis legally in the state so that's a big one you know what i mean yep. I, I agree i think everybody should learn to grow
1: at least try it you know and if they can't we'll hopefully we'll get a caregiver uh kind of bill put in where they find somebody who can grow for them you know
0: that's right or if they find a very trusted loyal local company purchase just their products brand loyalty goes a long way hey i agree Uh, i agree i agree that's awesome so how have you how are you doing joe
1: Oh, I'm doing good. I'm, a, I'm out of my place for a couple weeks. Uh, I don't know if you know my arrangement here, but the only way I'm able to stay here is I take care of a house, you know, yep. and, uh, and the owner is home for the next two weeks. So I had yeah, to move okay. out. Yeah, man, that's part of the deal. I already knew it. I was fully prepared, but what I wasn't prepared for is that the house is staying at the have internet. So, I'm doing this off my phone. That's why it might look a little different without the microphone. No, Joe, you're headset. doing great.
0: It's coming up great. It's coming up great,
1: Joe. That's my, there might be a little different background noise because I'm a little bit closer
0: to the main road than I am at my phone. So, no, that's awesome. awesome. So, you are doing the traveling adventure. Are you on the main island or are you on Vieques?
1: I'm still on Vieques. Actually, I'm not very far from where my, the place I live is at. Very nice. Yes. They're closer to the main road, and there are a lot more uh, roosters
0: and chickens around here
1: than are at my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, chickens like weed, too, Joe. Did you know that?
1: Yes, they do. I may start throwing them a couple little nuts. You seeds. know what? I probably would eat the seeds.
0: They'd eat the seeds without a problem, Joe, and they, they will pick up a hemp. they take a hemp branch and pick it clean, brother.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow i did not know that you would know because you used to grow right on a farm
0: yeah we just <laughs> do it right in there the chickens will destroy it brother and then whatever and then especially with like uh you know you get uh on the corn you get like corn borers and things like that and they love all that the chickens are omnivores you know they'll eat everything
1: they do they do they eat cat food yep so, they especially here on the sound that's pretty puerto rican of it but yeah <laughs> well, they're wild chickens here, dude. They live, they, they just live anywhere they want to. You know, there's plenty that's of trees right. for them to roost because people don't know chickens actually do. And oh, yeah. these roosters fly up into the
0: trees and that's where they sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's 100% true. That's something that a lot of people don't know. That if you do walk around, and it's pretty cool because, say, you're taking a blunt walk or smoking a joint walking through the street, like not publicly or obnoxiously, but now you're stoned. You're walking through the streets. You're gonna see some chickens living in the park. You know, if you sit yes, at the park absolutely. bench, absolutely. You sit at the park bench to smoke a joint or something. Bring some popcorn or something with you, because the chickens are gonna be walking around. They're going to, you're gonna be seeing all generations oh, of yeah. chickens. You see a whole thing. Oh, I do right outside my door, dude. They're
1: that close. When I walk out in the morning, there's like ten chickens out there, and some of the mothers have little babies. And- it's interesting to see because they actually have a whole family structure. Yep, the rooster leads the way, and the hen, and then the, three, the little chicks. If they're engaged. oh man,
0: it makes it makes for a smoke because that's where you know we are the we are the weed show. So it's always nice to bring it back to that part. But nature sitting with nature is amazing. You know, shout wow. out to Connecticut because they do their hikes, and that's something that is continuously enjoyed, and when you take that, you get to see wildlife in Connecticut and New England. But say you're taking that walk around San Juan, um, you're taking that walk around San Juan or any place in Puerto Rico, there's going to be chickens, there's going to be lizards. You know, you're not going to see like New York rats or something there. You're going to see a ton of chickens and iguanas, though.
1: Chickens, iguanas, little lizards, and horses. Lots of horses, especially here on Vieques. There's a few uh-huh. on the main island. But when the
0: Spaniards left, they left all their horses. Yeah. So that's another pretty cool thing. And all it does is relate back to the the way we want to live life, be one with nature, and uh, continue preaching that this plant is a good plant and we aren't good, bad people. That's right. Exactly right. This plant is
1: nature. And uh, like you were talking before, they used to actually use hemp as food. Not only for chickens, but for cows. All the livestock used to eat hemp because it was grown in this country and there was abundance of it. And so they used it for feed for animals. Uh, But so hopefully now maybe we can get back to that now that hemp is legal again. Get them off this other kind of stuff that they're feeding them, which is not necessarily so great for them. No, they're supposed to eat green food, not like corn and wheat. Oh, no, it's supposed to be mixed you get it's in awful. nature. Not what you get in nature. Oh, they eat greens here. I see what they eat. eat green stuff. So anyway, off of that. Um, we're waiting for our guest to come on. I'm very excited about our guest today. Um, Tiana Hercules. I'm but, excited uh, about as
0: well, brother. There's a lot of really good things going on. There's a lot of awesome news happening with the legalization of cannabis. There's positives, at least in the advocacy side still, because we're seeing the advocates push through and continue to, to fight for things. And we're seeing all the whole mix of everything, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I, I spoke to Jason Ortiz this weekend, and he said that him and a bunch of other people that used to go up with us are still going up every Wednesday to talk to legislators. And it's a good thing because there are of cannabis bills, and, th- and a lot of them are coming up for hearing this week. So uh we posted this on all of our social media, but on Thursday, there are six cannabis bills coming up for hearing starting at 10 a.m. all in front of the general law committee. So uh there are H HB 5432, 5434. 6695, 6699, and 6700. Now, yeah. I didn't look them all up, but since it is the general law committee, I am assuming most of these bills are some of them ones that are trying to restrict cannabis and things like that. Um, and so I think it would benefit people to look up those bills, see what they are. You don't have to go in person. You can do Zoom. People need to realize that they don't have to drive all the way up to the LB. They can participate in hearing by being Zoom, Or they can just send in a written testimony so that they don't even have to, you know, talk to anybody at all. Some people are shy, you know. But I think it's important to go out there. And I also know that on Wednesday, the bill to sell CBD in the dispensaries is going to be at a hearing. So this week's a busy week for the legislative session. So I encourage people to go to all our social media, Cannabis Corner, Green Haven Media, my personal page, uh, Joe the Read Guy page, and look up all these uh, bills. But That is this Thursday, the 23rd at 10 a.m. And uh, there's a meet up there with other activists uh, at 11. So we're looking forward to that. All right, good. It looks like our guest has joined us. So oh, I want to. How are you, Tiana? I want to give you an intro. So uh, this is Tiana Hercules. Tiana is the founder and high empress of Lady Jane, a luxury cannabis lifestyle. Tiana is a visionary leader with a track record for excellence and advocating on behalf of the marginalized in her beloved community of Hartford believes in the power of innovation and leverages her spirit and faith to lead a life of love and joy. Uh, Tiana has been a professionally practicing criminal lawyer for over a decade. She's representing countless, countless individuals charged with marijuana, possession, and other drug-related offenses and believes nobody should be imprisoned prison for nonviolent drug. drugs. Tiana also serves on Hartford City's Council, is a proud mother to three children ages 17, 15, and five. Has practiced in the areas of immigration, family law, and civil lit- litigation. Kiana has served on several nonprofit boards including Mutual Housing in Greater Hartford, NINA, Girls for Technology, and the Board of Deacons at Asylum Hill Congregational Church. She's an appointed commission, Connecticut Commission for Children, Women, seniors, equality and opportunity. In the past, she was employed by as a special assistant. Former mayor Pedro E. Segara. Miss Miss Hercules loves Hartford because it is rich with innovators, leaders, amazing arts and cultural scenes, some of the best eateries in Connecticut. Under her Lady Jane brand, Tiana advocates for conscious consumption of cannabis and believes that everyone should be empowered to leverage plant med- medicine on their niche of self-compassion and self-love. Tiana's company, Connecticut Cultivation Solutions, is one of, six, one of the 16 DIA cannabis cultivators. Through her company, she has already started rolling out her social equity plan. Most recently, hosting a pardons clinic, to expunge criminal records and donating ten thousand dollars to Capital Community College, she is excited to bring an elevated canvas experience to Connecticut, employ people from her community, invest the profits directly back into her community. Welcome to the show, Tiana. How are you?
2: Thank you so much, Joe, and thank you for that um, introduction. Um, I'm doing really well. Um, First, thank you so much for having me on. I definitely catch you and Luis and the team's uh, banter every so often on uh, Facebook and other places where it's posted. So very um, informative and entertaining show. So I'm really honored to be here. Sorry about the little mix up earlier. I had to do a press release Uh, At press conference, we are announcing that we're running again for city council. So I was coming from city hall trying to um, shuffle around. So, but I'm here and I'm excited. Well,
1: well, yeah, from your intro, I can tell you got a lot of things going on. So
2: (laughs) it's a lot.
1: It's it's very good. It's good to stay busy. So I'm glad you were able to take the time out to talk to us. Um, You know, I wanted to touch base with you a little bit. First of all, how do you juggle everything? It's 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 gotta be quite a, you know quite a task to do Lady Jane, to be a city councilwoman, be on all these you, boards of directors. You know, and then also now the, the, you know, the big one.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I think I channel the, the spirit and the the courage and the brilliance of my ancestors for sure, being a black woman, you know, um I think that's probably what gets me through a lot of the things that I'm juggling. But honestly, I think everything that I do, I really love and I have a great passion for. So it never, it doesn't really feel like work. Like it really feels like I'm on this exploration of learning, meeting amazing people, bringing people together and just trying to um, bring out the best in what I do. And so I don't take myself too seriously. I don't put a lot of pressure on myself anymore. I put a lot of pressure on myself, and I think that just helps me kind of be able to just get through things, and, and whether it goes well or goes, you know, a little less than I wanted, I, I learned something from it, so it, it's nothing is ever lost.
1: Well, that's great. Well, that's awesome. Now, I wanted to ask you, as, as an attorney, you started, you know, your, your career starts as a lawyer. What um, motivated you or what inspired you to get into uh, the field of cannabis?
2: Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, the legal profession is kind of a conservative, right? Profession, historically, very conservative, very risk adverse, certainly wanting to always be on the right side of the law, so to speak. But certainly, um, you know, I bring who I am to everything that I do, right? And so I'm a product of an urban environment. I'm a child of the eighties. I'm someone who has seen and uh, witnessed and even um, felt up close and personal in my family dynamic. The, the um ravages from the war on drugs and so kind of knowing all of this in the background and be, that very being very much a part of my story um looking at my position as an attorney and looking at it as a position of privilege to figure out how can you change the dynamic? how can you be an instrument for change? And so um you know that's why I went into criminal law, really defending and providing a voice for those who don't, usually don't have anyone to speak up for them. But as we began to see, you know, legalization sweep through the country, really wanting to figure out how do we ensure that people who have been impacted by this drug war, those who have been cut out of opportunity, those communities that have been, you know, ravished by um, this criminalization, how do they become stakeholders in this emerging industry. And so that was part of, um, on the entrepreneurial side, which really sparked my interest, really trying to figure out how to ensure more representation um, at these cannabis, you know, tables, so to speak. And then right. also um, the pandemic mental health standpoint and growing up, I had a, a huge fear of any type of, anything that was deemed a drug And so, unfortunately, that fear led to a lot of um, misinformation about cannabis, but um, through the pandemic and learning more about the plant, learning more about the power of the plant and the wellness benefits, it really um, was something that I started to leverage and consume for my own self-care and mental well-being and and realizing, okay, all that we know and learned and been told is not correct, and um, being able to utilize that information to, to break down the stigma and break down the fear and the demonization of the plant um, has all, is also a big part of what kind of led me into um, wanting to be a cannabis entrepreneur as well.
1: Right, because I mean, there's so many levels to it being illegal away, you know, not just the fact uh, that it took away very important and a very critical medicine and industrial product from us for over 80 years, but the backlash from you know, the war on drugs and the way that they enforce the law and the amount of people who are incarcerated or who have been affected in some way by the, the criminalization of this plant is, is so expansive that people don't even realize it, how deep it goes. Because not only does it affect the person who got arrested or the person, you know, whatever, Affects their whole family, you know, and, and then by affecting the family, it affects the around them. And I think uh, we have a great opportunity exactly to try and write some of those, you know, write some of those wrongs. So I I guess we could say the pandemic brought something out positive for you because you took that time to really learn about the plant and and start utilizing it in your own life and realizing it that uh, it's not like you know, where you just smoke a joint and watch TV and eat munchies and all that, that there is actually benefit, a medicinal benefit and a healing benefit. So absolutely. You can that up as a positive thing.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, and it's like, it kind of, it's mind boggling and also frustrating, right? When you think about all the things the pharmaceutical industry will push on to people, you know, in terms of, you know, man-made substances that we know that ultimately aren't very good for us right and so and to think that there's something that naturally comes from the earth that can really help people um deal with different conditions and different things that they're experiencing it just you know and so i i just became an advocate and, and trying to learn as much as i can and encouraging other people not to be ashamed about it and that helps to you know bring down the stigma as we are entering into this new phase where you know it's becoming more normalized it's becoming more discussed and Maybe one day um legal nationally. Um, so we'll see.
0: One day soon, one day soon, definitely. And this yeah. is another big thing about that I really appreciate as you come come out, to and you're sharing your story, is um we get to see individuals that don't look like what people like to generalize and stereotype as a stereotypical stoner looking individual. You know what I mean? You're you're a professional, you use the a legal product in a responsible manner. And, You know, we can, it's, I'm very happy to stand shoulder and shoulder with you and say we're peers, you know what I mean? And I look like a very stereotypical stoner. (laughs) And, you know, and then people say, oh, wow, you all use cannabis? Yep. Yep. Even me, I look like the stoner and that's a professional over there. That's a lawyer. That person over there is a doctor. That person over there is a, uh, a pharmacist, you know, and it, it helps normalize it and just speaking and talking and showing your face and doing all the things you do really push the normalization of the plant so much further, and it's uh, something that's commendable, and we really appreciate you coming out and doing your thing.
2: <laughs> Thank yeah, you, I Luis. Think
0: the credibility <laughs> that
1: being an attorney who is pro-cannabis really lends to, you know, the whole the lot. Whole, uh, we all have our credibility. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Radio <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. We are because you know, being a lawyer, having a radio professional, the community is made up with people from whole different aspects of life. Some like you said, somebody, life. it's amazing. Wouldn't you wouldn't normally think would want to get involved in cannabis. Right.
2: right. And that's so, the beautiful thing about the plant, right? Because it is natural and because it is about community, it is about connecting. And and that's the one I think the one thing about you know, in addition to all the things we just discussed about um, the criminalization of the plant, I think the one thing that really kind of is heartbreaking is that it forced people to do things in isolation. So you smoke in isolation, you hide, you know, you go into your, you know, your own room or what have you smoking in the basement, you go behind the trash can. And it really, what I love that I'm seeing now is it really is bringing people back together now that it's being destigmatized, de- because that's the original intent of this plan, to share Absolutely. it in community and to um, be able to really recognize that what transcends yeah. all of our labels is our humanity, right, and our com- mm-hmm. compassion for one another, and so regardless of whether you're a lawyer, Dr. Black, White, Brown, or whatever, we have this common thread that runs through all of us, and I think that's that's the beautiful thing about about the cannabis community that I'm hoping to see more of in Connecticut.
1: Yes, I, I do believe as more and more establishments open up, uh, you, you'll probably see more and more gathering places, you know, where people, more social events uh, coming more because more people will be using the plant, more people will be looking for, like almost, you know, like people who go to a bar to have a drink, who will want to go to the, you know, the cannabis social place to, to to smoke and enjoy with their friends you know exactly and exactly it, you know because we, we're our social creatures and, and like you say the pandemic and the fact that cannabis was illegal kind of isolated us from the you know the, the rest of society up until recently yeah. right so well, tell us a little bit about lady jane what inspired you to start lady jane when
2: Yeah, for sure. So kind of like going back to what Luis was saying about like the typical, you know, person who utilizes cannabis, unfortunately, you know, that image that you often see and not that there's anything wrong with it, it just doesn't resonate with everybody, right? I'm a very, I'm a girly girl, you know what I mean? I love luxury. I love nice things. I love pretty things. I like things to look nice. I like experiences that, that feel like, you know, make you feel like a princess pretty much, you know? And so I wanted to bring that element to the cannabis industry and really creating an experience for women that centers women and women of color, particularly, um, to be able to incorporate cannabis into their wellness, into their self care. And so that's really where Lady Jane sparked from. You know, my original vision was um, creating cannabis bed and breakfasts, but we didn't know which way the, the legislation was quite going to go. Obviously, we're not at the point where we're allowing on site consumption. And so, um, but wanting to just add that element of femininity and luxury to all of, Our experiences, and so Lady Jane really is about a brand um, that's for women by women. But obviously, everybody is invited. But I believe that when you lift women up, when you elevate women, you elevate the whole community. And so um, we right now are focusing a lot on you know social events, working on a women and wellness um, retreat, focusing on um, you know our expungement clinic, and doing our community and social equity um, initiatives, and also working on a product line. That we're hoping to launch later in the year, a sexual wellness product line for women um, that's THC based, and so you know Mm. that's kind of the the uh, the Lady Jane brand really bringing that element of just a little bit more than what you would normally see in the cannabis industry. But we are starting to see more luxury brands because the thing about it is is you know many people consume cannabis, and so you want to be able to appeal to your specific customer. And my customer is like me, you know, a mom. Someone who likes to have a good time, that's active in her community, that likes luxurious and nice things and and, the, and, so forth. So that's the experience that we want to bring with Lady Jane.
1: Well, yeah, they always say when you're starting a brand, find your niche.
2: Mm-hmm. And this,
1: this is your niche. You know, it, it's not a mass product. This is for a specific niche of people. And this is who I want to cater to. So I, I admire that. I think that's a great way to go about it. And I think it's an area that is definitely. Uh, That will definitely need the service, for sure, for sure, and we'll take advantages of it. Um, I know right now you have this Saturday coming up, you have an expungement clinic. Tell us a little bit about that, where it is and all that, and what people could expect if they were going to go there.
2: Yeah, so obviously, you know, coupling my skill set from being a defense attorney, I've always wanted to try to help people access um, clearing their records and eliminating the barriers of collateral, the collateral consequences of having a criminal record. And so this is our second um, expungement clinic we'll be having on Saturday, the 25th from 10 to 2 at Capitol Community College, which is in downtown Hartford, 950 Main Street. And um, folks will come and get free um, assistance going through the whole pardons process. And obviously there'll be a lot of work <laughs> to do after the the event, but we do the intake, do the initial um, steps. The uh, application, and work with um, law school, working with the law school, where my alma mater, UConn Law, law school volunteers, as well as um, lawyers for are volunteering, there will be um, a dispensary uh, technician class that will be offered by the rooted um, community uh, education class for anybody who's interested in entering the cannabis industry. We'll also have a few employers on site. We have Prime Wellness and the Botanist, as well as Valley Supply Co, who will be um, doing uh, interviews and taking resumes for people who may be interested in entering into the industry, as well as my company, Connecticut Cultivation Solutions, for anyone who may be interested in entering into cultivation and learning a little bit more about the opportunities there. And we'll have some cannabis wellness educators as well, Canna Health uh, native, um, Nubian wellness and, um, quality counseling to talk a little bit about how to, uh, access your medical marijuana card or, and, um, utilizing cannabis in your, uh, to support your mental wellness. So it's going to be great. It's a free event. There'll be food. We'll have a DJ, you know, it's going to be a good time. So every, anybody is welcome. There's an event, right? Which I can, yeah, which I can put into the link box. I don't know how people, if they will see it, but it's a free event, it's happening on Saturday. And yeah, it's a good time. We had a great turnout last at the last one we did in August. And so my goal is to try to um, help at least 100 people a year through the pardons process with free pardons assistance. So that's part of my social equity goal um, for my business. And so this is part of the way that we do that.
1: Nice, sounds like it's gonna be a pretty big, great event. Um, we have it all posted on uh, our social media. So anybody who wants the link awesome. can Thank you. to you. go to oh yeah, I posted yep. it all over this morning. So we make sure to wants- share
0: those. Those are, those are very near and dear to our, to my heart, at least. Um, it's a great thing that you're doing and it's really helping out a lot of people and, you know, it's great to see, and we're going to see more local companies do this, you know, Connecticut uh, cultivation solutions that you guys, and, you know, and we're really excited to see more of the things that come out of your, your, your endeavors you know what i mean that's this is a new yeah, place for yeah. legal cannabis and everybody entering the space uh, i'm hoping to see more and more people come out and share these these parts of their plans with us you know what i mean and it's great that you're pushing that forward mm-hmm. as well
2: yeah yes, absolutely. Yeah, we because you know i think that you know any entrepreneur you know has a corporate social responsibility right to the communities that they're located in. But I think the cannabis industry has an even more special um responsibility, right? Um given the past harms from what the criminalization of uh the war on drugs. And then as you were saying, Joe, oh, yeah. like the generational and community impact that, that has. And certainly no one business is going to be able to ameliorate that and totally, totally redress that ju- injustice, but I think that we all if we collectively, you know, all of the operators in this state who will be part of this emerging industry. If we all came together around some uh, similar initiatives, I think we can have um, the opportunity to really elevate the whole state. And um, that's what I, I look forward to working and collaborating with my peers in
0: Oh. Yeah, so, so what I you know what we were talking about earlier, Joe, is exactly this, uh, you know. And as we you know over at Nautilus Botanicals, we're trying to make sure we push to bring on individuals that have been similarly to me been through the wringer, and you know, give them us give us a place to work, and having these expungement clinics really piggybacks off of it. So you're going to start seeing more and more companies with their their plans of how to help out, and mine. You know, at Nautilus Botanicals, the biggest thing was being able to hire individuals individuals that have been affected by the war on drugs. Um, and the pardons is a good way for those who have been incarcerated to get in on it. So yeah. I'm really excited to see that moving forward, you know.
1: Yeah, Tiana, now does this tie into the governor's bill where he, um you know, expunged a bunch of small cannabis Convictions, but then there were people who had to apply to the court in order to get theirs expunged. Is this for those people?
2: Yeah, so my expungement clinics are for anybody with any Connecticut conviction in the state who would be eligible for uh, an expungement. And essentially the rules in Connecticut um, for the pardon, you know, the pardons process are three years after a misdemeanor, five years after a felony, can't be on probation or parole. Um, all of your restitution have no pending cases, no nollies in the last 13 months, right? So the 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 clean slate bill that you are referring to uh, for any low, low level of cannabis uh, offense, it's going to be automatically erased. through So that's a um, a legislative remedy um, through through the, through the legislation, right? And so you'll be able to have those. Automatically erased, but you may have other offenses. I I don't know many people. Should say there are people, certainly there are people who have those, but only have those is very rare. So you still would need a process by which to uh, erase those other offenses. Now the law also changed to where anything that's a D felony or less will be erased automatically in a certain um statutory time without going through that process, but that. I don't know when those are supposed to start happening. I believe sometime in the summer. The thing that I've learned, and I'm not an expert in this though, if you are not a citizen and you receive this judicial or this legislative remedy, it doesn't count the same way an executive level pardon through the absolute pardon process would count for immigration purposes. So it's it's even though I do think it's a great thing, it didn't consider kind of all of the factors and people coming um, with various um, other variables in their history. So having that absolute pardon through the executive process, which um, you go to the Board of Art, pardons and parole, I think is right now still very much worthwhile, even though it takes some time to get through it. But the thing that we're seeing is that if you do have some of these offenses that would be automatically erased and you go through this process with us, more than likely your are you know your records going to be erased at that level because they know that the law has changed and that soon the the um, the courts are going to be erasing those records. So it's a way to get you know offenses that are not part of that legislation passed, and it's a way to avoid some of the loopholes that, that may occur if you are not a U.S. citizen and you're. At some point, going to be going to try to get citizenship to get this type of pardon. I think would be the uh, better option for those individuals. And That's yeah. without giving like specific yeah, legal, legal advice. Yeah, I'm on,
0: I'm on the same page with you on that. You know, I had, um, I had some things automatically removed, but I know not everything got removed, and I still have to go through the steps. And that's what I would recommend for anybody else in the same position that I'm in. Just go through the whole process. Actually, stop and. You know, go to the expungement clinic, sign up for it, get that help and go through the whole process, because it really will weigh differently than something that's done administratively like this. You know what I mean? So big up to that program.
1: Right. Yeah, very much so. I think it's very important for people, anyone with a criminal record, should definitely check it out. I, you know, myself personally, I, my felony is uh, 35 years old, you know? Um, and I think maybe it's time I got it expunged. (laughs) I used to kind of wear it as a badge of honor, but now I'm wondering if it's time to get rid of it. So, um, but, um, all right. So, Tiana, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Connecticut Cultivation Solutions. Oh, looks like we may have lost, Tiana. Ooh, are you there?
0: Yes, sir. We are here. Bro, right. bro. I'm, rolling, I'm rolling a blunt, to be honest. That's where that was going, so, you know. Can't really... It looks like we lost
1: Tiana for a minute. Oh, oh, here she is. She's coming back. Right? Oh, yeah. It's all good, brother.
0: Pop in, pop yeah, you know, You know how it goes. It's, 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 radio, it's radio, brother.
2: Sorry. Yeah. The, the Wi-Fi is giving me a little bit of an issue. I apologize about that. It's all That's good. All right. radio. I We're enjoying football. the day.
1: That's all right, we're all kind of doing it off our mobiles. Um, So I wanted to ask you a little bit about Connecticut Cultivation Solution. Um, So you received a license from the state, is it for cultivation and dispensary or just cultivation?
2: Yeah, so the way that the uh, Section 149 um, licenses work is that we primarily will be able to cultivate, cultivate, manufacture and produce um, under that license, in, in, in but in addition, we'll be able to open up two other businesses to be, ver- to, to be vertically integrated, and so we have the option of doing retail, delivery, or something else. And retail, um, from an economic standpoint and just looking at the, the landscape in Connecticut, makes the most sense. But so we will be opening two retail, um, establishments as well. So it's really exciting because that was always my initial vision after the bed and breakfast to have you know really um i'm very much a place space space type of person creating a space where people can come and connect and enjoy and you know kind of be in community and you can't really do that in a cultivation site even though it's a wonderful opportunity and i'm super excited about being um one of the first cultivators for adult use um it just is a different type of entity and so the ability to also have a retail space to be able to bring that element to be able to, you know, kind of help establish the culture in Connecticut around adult use cannabis is really exciting. So so yeah, we're working on both. And so I'm partnered with um Air Wellness, which, you know, they're out of Florida. Um, so they are my partner in the uh, cultivation endeavor. And, you know, we're really, we're really excited. We have some property that we've identified. So we're gonna be building a Bought a sixty-five thousand square foot facility, which is a huge undertaking, but um really excited about it. Hopefully, do or a lot that of good be in the community. Will
1: you be serving Hartford.
2: Yes, we will be in Hartford County, so um, we will be very close to Hartford. <laughs> Couldn't find the space in Hartford proper, but it's a stone's throw away from, Hart- from Hartford. Interesting. So. You're not the first
1: person with a license who has told us that that Hartford. It's very difficult to find space for a retail cannabis dispensary. And it's interesting. Hartford is probably one of the places in Connecticut that could use it Cultivation, Joe. Cultivation. Oh, cultivation.
2: Yeah, Yeah, so the retail, I'm really hoping we will be able to have the retail, at least one of them in Hartford for sure. Um, I think that is a a much greater possibility than the cultivation, unfortunately. But um, it's going to be great because we're going to be in the county, and it's going to be good.
0: Yeah, taking take, taking uh, cultivation into the inner cities is really hard. Like we yeah. we're, like we're in Bridgeport, so that was uh that was an undertaking in its own, and it's still an undertaking. Um, you guys are in Hartford County because trying to get it to Hartford itself, man, that would be Hartford's tough. Hartford is yeah. tough um, for is. space for everything, especially because it's a whole new industry. It's not like there were already established facilities ready to go you know
2: it's exactly. uh,
0: pretty cool we're really excited to see everything that you guys got going on um we're really excited
2: <sighs> yeah and i'm, I'm excited sure the you know, that brand
1: will be a big part of that right
2: yeah absolutely absolutely um working through those details now and figuring out how it's all going to come together but you know that's what people have you know come to know um a little bit in the state so i'm excited to put some lady jane products on the shelf and Get them to my ladies to help them, you know, help them in their uh sexual exploration and their wellness journey and all that good stuff. So so yeah. It should we be do,
0: good. we do a private label uh oil, C B D Delta 8 based, and depending and they go out to a couple different states. We do different formulas. Uh we'll send you some just for something. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, please do. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause cause that's one thing we keep talking about. We're gonna supply in town. Uh we're we're still doing C B D, you know, for the first future as well so we'd love to help every all all the cultivators in their cbd endeavors because hey it's uh it's part of what we do
2: (laughs) no that's that's awesome yeah i actually have a formulation i'm gonna i'm gonna we'll 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 talk with louise so we can um see how we can maybe get something yeah spaces together
0: it's all about that and that's what i think i'm you know forwarding the conversation a little bit more you guys have always Taking the uh the time to make sure your gathering places are welcoming for your, your educational events, your social events, or your entrepreneurial events. So I really look forward to what the brand can do moving forward into the next round of spaces. You know what I mean? Um, I really like the Lady Jane brand as a whole. It, it's you. it's yeah, value.
2: <laughs> that means a lot coming from you for sure and you're definitely one of you know my mentors in all of this you know that <laughs> have a very special place in my heart for you uh helping me through a very uh rough time in my life um <laughs> oh, it's all good. all
0: good it's all good it's all good the world is beautiful and we, yeah. this plan is beautiful that's all we continue to say I tell everybody that we don't it's all good this plant is beautiful
1: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. <laughs> good,
2: but yeah it's, it's going to be good this is this is exciting this is so exciting I mean um, Connecticut I think is going to be you know even though we're a smaller market here I think because of the community that we're creating amongst the, the operators and um those who will soon be in the industry I think it's going to be a real collaborative and successful market here in Connecticut and we're you know we're uniquely positioned between New York and Massachusetts. And so we're gonna get a lot of overflow and all of that good stuff. So I'm I'm excited for what's to come here.
1: Right, no, I am too. Um, uh, real quick, have you looked over any of the bills that are in, uh, in the legislature this year? Any of them uh, especially uh, stick out to you that would be worth supporting?
2: Yeah, certainly the one regarding, um, you know, decoupling from 280E and and being able to write off business taxes for at the state level. I don't have the number up in front of me right now. It's somewhere in my email. Um, But that, I believe it's a house bill. Um, That bill, I would say, is certainly something that all of the operators and even those who are cannabis enthusiasts should be in support of because it's going to allow people to make larger profit margins, be able to do more business and be more successful in their business and survive. Um, not being able to write off, you know, what would be an ordinary business expense uh, because of 280E is a, is a, it cripples, you know, the-, the well, um, yeah. we'll take it the one step from- further.
0: You know, that 280E requires all of us that are banking to have special banking, which co- end up right. costing the business 20, 30, $40,000 a year extra just right. to have that level of securities. Imagine if these companies, all of us, because to that affects our company as well, our bottom line. But imagine if that fee wasn't there, we'd be able to lower the cost of our product. We'd be able to operate right. at, a, at a at a better margin and actually be able to operate like any other business. And that would right. bring the cost of cannabis down for the end user, that's why. Right. So when people go, why should, it, why should it matter to me if it's for a big company or something? Well, right. it just lowers the price of the end product.
2: Right. And so being because able to pass it's that for all
1: companies.
2: Right. You know, and being able to pass that savings on to the consumer. Role. Yeah. And and being able to pass that savings on to the consumer, right? It allows the, the the industry to thrive. It allows the the business to do more um, around its social equity efforts, allowed to do more around its community impact, allowed to hire more people. So it just it just allows for so much more. So the bill I just pulled it up, it's a house bill fifty-four thirteen. An act authorizing the deduction of certain business expenses by cannabis establishments, and that I believe is going to be on for testimony—a hearing on Wednesday, the Um, twenty-second. So, anybody, okay, good. Yeah, so if anybody, it's going to be with the Finance Revenue and uh, Bonding Committee. If anybody is interested in that one, and then the other one, you know, um, I think would be an act concerning hemp licenses in the adult-use cannabis market, and so that's House Bill sixty-seven hundred. And my understanding is that you know there's some um you know concern around allowing the current hemp um growers, which I know uh, Luis is one of them, um to essentially go you know straight into the adult use market. and you know at first i was I was thinking, well, they should have the opportunity, right? um but i once i've I've been educated a little bit more about how many hemp growers we have in the state, which is quite a lot. Um, And also, you know, really thinking about it from the perspective of a social equity applicant and what, you know, allowing 80 other potential growers into the industry would do to the market, it would be, it would, it would basically decimate, you know, the, um, our chances of even being successful in the industry if you have that much, you know, supply um, in the market. So I, I think, um, I don't think it's a Well, we'll take it idea. one step
0: further. We'll take it even further. You know, it, it's rough because, yeah, as I had a head farmer and I did go in the social equity route, we did pay the fees. We did do the whole nine. But we take what's going on in New York City um, mm-hmm. with 400 outdoor growers in New York City and right. four dispensaries. That, right. No, it's three right. dispensaries now because one was only a pop-up for a little while.
1: Right, so right. all this yeah, product
0: was grown for the last two years and nothing was sold from it, you know. But, so that product is laying down. And then what what's the quality of that product come a certain time frame? You know what I mean? It's it's a tough, it's a tough, tough thing. But the way that the state went into it, you know, it's just not gonna yeah. it's yeah. I don't believe that, you know, and I've haven't really come out and said it all, but I can't really get behind that one too much just based on the, the willy-nilliness of it, ultimately. Because there's 459 licenses, 459 hemp licenses that were issued in a state that's almost very little to no hemp business. Because I am one of the unfortunate hemp farmers that put a lot of money in, grew a lot of product. And still had a very, very, very tough time finding a supply chain. I had to partner with an out-of-state company for distribution.
2: Right.
0: You know, there isn't any out-of-state distribution for cannabis. Right.
2: And that's what I think the the effort should be focused on, making the hemp industry successful. All of the industrial and commercial uses for hemp that we are not tapping into in the state, I think is a huge mistake missed opportunity and so instead of trying to say oh yeah flood over into the you know adult use industry let's make the hemp industry successful let's support that industry here with use that can that we really actually need to improve our environment so many things so i i you know i think that like you said it's a little short-sighted um and there's other there's other ways to support the hemp industry than just you know now you guys can have adult use cannabis um you know, licenses i don't think that's the answer yeah, especially um,
1: with what we're seeing in other states with the overabundance of supply
2: the mm-hmm. overgrown
1: we don't want this would that would make it start like at the second year i mean you know we don't want the industry to get over flooded right away you know or at all right right yeah so so yeah
2: those are probably the two and i and i think there might be one around um social consumption um you know well i think
0: I would also take it one step further, not one step further, but to help the hemp industry, there's a bill in there that allows hemp products to be sold at dispensaries. that you uh, know it basically creates another over-the-counter product like the pharmacy aspect that they have there I see no reason why you couldn't support local hemp farmers by <laughs> giving them that opportunity as well you know that well, you talk about.
1: Yeah, making the hemp industry successful, right? You just said that, yeah. Here's one way right here. Right. right. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Let them sell yeah, it very... in the
1: stores. I agree. Right. That would give a big boost to the hemp industry. Yeah,
2: I think that's a great, a great point, Let me
1: Yeah. And I believe that is I believe that is a bill that is coming up for hearing on Wednesday as well. So mm-hmm. Wednesday and Thursday of this week are very busy weeks for hearings. and I think yep. people should look up. Because, again, I said earlier in the show, you don't have to go in person. You can do it by Zoom and submit written testimony. But it's very important to let your voices be heard on these subjects. Any average, normal citizen, you don't have to be an activist, has the right and the duty to contact their legislator. You know what I mean? Because that's what they're there for. They're here to represent the people. So uh, I really encourage anybody who's listening to get involved and do that. I will believe myself sending in testimony, uh, even though I'm not there right now. So it's, you know, it's key. So, well, we only got about two minutes left, Tiana. Do you want to give us a rundown of how people can reach you? Give us uh, the details of the expungement uh, mm-hmm. clinic this Saturday again. Uh, you know, any final words you might have for our listeners?
2: Yeah, so I would say support, um, you know, support some of our, initial adult use uh retailers we have canard ray over in manchester who just opened up his um equity joint venture with um fine fettle that would be one of the first things i would say and continue to look out for all of us who are going to be entering into this industry very soon um and support 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 um the pardons uh expungement clinic will be this saturday uh, February 25th at Capitol Community College, which is located at 950 Main Street, 11th floor. It's free. Um, even if you do not need a criminal record to be cleared, there are going to be education opportunities to learn more about the wellness benefits of cannabis, as well as careers in cannabis with some on-site uh, interviews and people taking your resume, uh, dispensary t- class and great free food as well so we hope that you will come and join us from 10 to 2 o'clock over at 950 main street on um in hartford connecticut we also i'm also part of a planning committee that is planning a cannabis symposium that will take place next month that's being sponsored by the university of connecticut and i just want to get up the right date because i don't i'm so bad with dates i don't want to say the wrong date Definitely.
0: There, if there's any way to have us out for uh, to cover it, we'd love to, and oh, then yeah. whatever we can do to help. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They are looking for press certainly to um help to help cover that. It's a research-based um symposium all about the science of the plant and so forth. So it's a lot of very heady um information, but it should be really good. I'm facilitating um a workshop on the legal a panel on the legal uh where we are at. You know, in terms of the law. So that's going to be at UConn Student Union up in stores from March 16th through the 17th. So it's during, I believe, the spring break uh, weekend for the University of Connecticut. If anybody is interested in that, and I'll send you all the links for that as well. So those are all some right, of the yeah, things well, that definitely. we have
1: coming up. And they can reach you at ladyjanect.com, correct? And yes.
2: So you can reach me that's at all hi- your social too, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. So hi at LadyJaneCT.com, uh, LadyJaneCT, lady jane underscore CT on social media and just Tiana Hercules on all the other socials as well. But uh, lady, www.LadyJaneCT.com as well for our website to find out about what's going on with us.
1: Great, great. It's great having you on the show, Tiana. Thank you so much for joining us. We are looking forward to the symposium on Saturday, but also all the great things you've got going on in the community. So, again, we want to thank you for everything you do. Thank you for, uh, you know, joining us today. Uncle Lou, do you have any final words?
0: Stay happy, healthy, and high, my friends.
2: All right. Absolutely. Thank you so That's much good. for having me.
0: All right. And you can follow us at Green Haven
1: Media, at Cannabis Corner Radio, at Joe the League guy, uh, if you want to know everything going on with the show and any events going on in Connecticut. Thank you so much, Leo. See you next week.
2: I was gonna clean my room until I got high. I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. Uh My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, yeah, Because I got high, la da 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 -da I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on y'all Check it out. I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh uh I'm taking it next semester and I know why. why, why Hey, cause I got high, because I got high, because I got high.